from the studios of New Hope Hilo, Hawaii, when people connect. Good morning and welcome to New Hope Hilo. I just can come up. You're just gonna come yeah. up? Yeah. Okay. We're running low on time. Oh, okay. You are? No, we're not. Have a seat, Pastor Shelby. Um, I just want to let you know this past weekend was a phenomenal weekend, and we saw it on the video uh, with water baptism. And can we celebrate the 30 something? 30, I think a little over 30 people that were water baptized last week, Sunday. So congratulations if, that, if you're here. We just wanted to celebrate the decision that you made. And so after service, you can head into our covered courtyard, or is it the information center? Uh, the information center, I believe. And they can pick up their baptism uh, certificate. Yes. And we just, we're so, I mean, water baptism is always a special, whenever we do this on Sundays, it's so special, and um, especially when you know the people that are getting baptized yes. and they're near and dear to your heart. It's just yeah. an emotional day. But it's also the next time we have water baptism, um, for those of you who don't know anybody but you just want to go cheer it, you still get all emotional because yeah. you know the step that they're taking is such a significant one. So we encourage you all to come out there and cheer everybody else on at the next water baptism. Yeah, and those are the times where we connect with one another. Uh, that's why we're going through this series, uh, Connecting with People. You know, whenever we live life, uh, sometimes we can be so busy uh, doing life that we never connect with people. And the reason why God brought us together and created us all is so that we could build relationship with one another, especially with Him. So today we're concluding our series, uh, Connecting with People. And all about connecting. And you know what, before we get into that, connecting with people, we're going to change up our Wednesday equip our, a little bit? Well, I think what we've been doing, uh, if you attend our Wednesday nights, uh, our Wednesday night services are geared towards the believer, someone who knows Jesus Christ, someone who is uh, wanting to grow in a deeper relationship with him. And over the past couple of years, what we've been um, heading towards is how can we equip the saints for the work of the ministry? That's what Ephesians 4.11 tells us. And so we want to equip you so that you can do what God has called you to do and become everything that God created you to be. And so we're looking at uh, doing three different categories on Wednesday night. Uh, we're going to teach something uh, of a topical study, whether it has to do with marriage, uh, if it has to do with relationship. You know, we'll just do it like a topical study. Uh, uh, work, the workplace or the marketplace and how to be a believer in the world today. So different topics like that. And then we'll have a new believer or a new person uh, session where you want to know what is New Hope Hilo Hawaii's vision? What is... Foursquare, the denomination that we belong to, what do we believe, uh, what, are, what are the basics of the Bible, and what does prayer mean, uh, and what are, what are the things that are necessary for a new person, and why do we do what we do as a believer? So that's uh, the new person uh, session, and then we'll also have one where as a believer, someone who has been walking with the Lord, some of you are wondering, how do I witness to someone? How do I talk about faith? How do I understand the books of the Bible at a deeper level? How do I study the Bible? What, what is important uh, about the books of the, books of the Bible? Uh, maybe we're going to study through a specific book, and I believe the book of Acts is the first one that we're going to go through, and we're launching September 3rd. Okay, so, so three different groups, and we break off and go Yeah, we would, we would do worship together. If you come on a Wednesday night, we would worship corporately, and then we would uh, have a time of prayer or when we receive our tithes and offerings, and then we would break off into groups, into smaller groups. And it's a little more challenging because, and the reason why it's challenging is because we live in a society that we have a hard time in smaller groups. We have a much more difficult time in smaller groups because we can hide in the larger groups. And technology, technology doesn't help today. Uh, it, I, you'll notice this. Whenever you go to a restaurant, you'll see a husband and wife or someone who's dating, and they're not talking to each other. They're doing that. Yeah, they're, they're doing, you know, texting, checking Instagram or Facebook. They're not even talking to each other. Or even in a, a smaller group, you'll see uh, people together, but they're not talking to each other. They're all doing this because it's more comfortable to do this. So we want to go back to what the Bible teaches us and build relationship with one another. And be uncomfortable to build relationship. We, we got to go against the grain of the world and go with the flow of the kingdom. God's way is the best way. And as our children grow up, we want to teach them how to have face-to-face -face conversation. Otherwise, in a job interview, they can't 
get the question and then say, I'll text you. And then text the guy the question. We, we want to teach our children and grandchildren how to uh, socialize. So that's what Wednesday nights will look like. And then uh, out of that will birth smaller groups where people will meet in their homes. Okay, so this is launching again September? September 3rd. September 3rd yes, for our equipment on Wednesday awesome nights. Awesome night, yes. Very exciting for our church. Um, another thing, the AC, the air conditioning system? Yes, when we first installed our air conditioning, and I, I think I talked to you about this last week, when we first installed it, uh, we thought that it was going to be sufficient for second and third service. First service, some of you guys freeze to death. You bring, you know, your, your coat, sweater, scarf, muffs, and, you know, mittens, your earmuffs, so that you can... Are you pointing out people? Oh, okay. Uh, so, because it's cold in the morning, but it's summertime, so if you were to come second and third service, you're dying of heat exhaustion. So we actually cooled down first service for second and third. So putting you guys, you're in the Arctic for second and third service. So what we are doing is getting the... Uh, the right system for our building size. And what this air conditioning units are producing, I think is like 80 tons of, I think it's called BTUs. Um, yeah, so, uh, and, and so the new unit that we want to bring in is going to bring in 40 tons of um, BTUs. Okay, then. <laughs> uh, I was going to explain what that is, but forget it. That's okay. Uh, it'll cool it down them. a lot quicker. <laughs> okay, well, that's all we need to know. Yeah, it's going to be cooler. But here's, here's, here's the deal. It only, it only will cost $6 a week for six months per person. Or $3 per person. For 12 months. <laughs> so either we can go for 12 months or we can go for six months. And so Heidi and I were deciding to do six months because we want to get this in the shortest amount of time possible. It, the, the total uh, that it's going to cost this unit is $90,000. Sounds expensive, but not when it's $6 a week. <laughs> Nine. I mean, that's, that's one jamba for me. <laughs> I okay. can do without one jamba. You're breaking it down like that, though. Yeah, that. Okay. because if it's $6 a week, that's a dollar a day, and you take a Sabbath of no dollar. <clears throat> that's how I broke it down for me. I don't know about you, but I'm watching it's my finances. It's because we love you. Yeah, love so you. I, I really do want to break it down. And then at the end of the six months, and who knows, it might go quicker because for some of us, we'll just... Say, you know what? I'm going to do more than $6. I'm going to go 50. 50. You guys got that? Yeah. 50 for the rest of us who speak English. So, <laughs> if you do, again, and, and, and if the Lord speaks it, you watch what he'll do. Because I believe we can do it in less than six Amen. months. Amen. That is so true. That is so, and it's all about the people. Less it's all about months. the people. And this series that we've been doing for the past six weeks is uh, when people connect. And so we've been kind of playing around with it, having fun with it, getting to know Pastor Sheldon and the other pastors and the other guest speakers on a different level. And so <laughs> right. this is our finale. This is it. And um, today's topic is going to be connecting with the right people. And so Pastor Sheldon was talking about how they do it in movies. Yes. So if you watch a movie, you connect with the movie. Some of you connect emotionally, you know, when you watch certain movies like Notebook or, you know, uh, I don't know what else movies, uh, Avengers. Uh, well, some of you like action and adventure, so when, you know, when the Hulk punched the other guy, he was like, well, that's okay. But so uh, connecting with certain movies, you feel that emotion. But when it comes to computer animation and cartoons, they have to find the right actor to do the voice. So they write the script first, and then they think of an actor or an actress to do that voice, and then they come up with the character. That's why some of the characters, they look like the actor. So as we were talking about how can we illustrate connecting with the right people, we chose a movie each. I chose one movie for Kat. She chose one movie for me, and we had to pick a scene from that movie where we do the voiceover. So all you're going to see is the clip, and we have to do the voiceover. And so you have to choose a winner. I don't know if I told you that. 
No. Everything is competitive. So, uh, so you guys will have to choose by applause. Uh, who did the better job? Okay, now remember, the Lord is watching you. Don't, don't, don't do that. Do not give a three-point message to sway the votes. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to sway. Okay. Why do you think it was about me? What if they're watching for you? Okay, so anyway, anointed one, let's uh, start. Okay. Okay, um, because you're, you know, the lead pastor, you can go first. What if we jump in a poem? You really want to? Well, I'll go first. I'll go first. Because this is nerve-wracking, but this, so is, you, just, you just have to watch okay, the screen. First. And hopefully, hopefully we can pull this off. Okay, so can we dim the lights? Okay, so just watch the screen. I gotta watch that actor, one. Actor, okay. mode here. Okay, and then you can watch the screen. Oh wait, 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 Rouse and shine, sleepy beauty. Up, up, up. Come on. Come on. Time for breakfast. Get your clothes on. Get ready. Got breakfast ready. And look, you get porridge, and it's happy to see you. Hey, get out of there. You make people sick. Am I late? Now time for talk now. Now remember now, you got a first day of training, and remember now, the other kids are going to want to fight, but if the other kids want to fight, then you're going to have to kick the other kids' butts. But I don't want to kick the other kids' butts. Don't talk with your mouth, fool. Now let's see that war face. Oh, I think my bunny slippers just ran for cover. Come on, scare me, girl. Rawr! Hey, that's my tough-looking warrior. That's what I'm talking about. Now go out there and make me proud. What? The troops just left? They what? Wait, you forgot your sword. Little baby off to destroy people. Okay, that was it. Wow. Woo! Wow. Let's go, Kat. Read on, Ariel. That was sound effects and everything. I didn't. Look, I I'm didn't nervous. The, I'm nervous. I didn't do the sound effects. I'm just trying to make you're you nervous. nervous. You're, yeah, I'm you're shaking. Me out. You're I don't do that every day. Nah, I do. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah, he wasn't practicing at all. He had a word for word. You saw that, right? Okay. So the movie he chose for me was um, Little Mermaid. <laughs> okay, so let's do this. Let's roll the clip. We're just going to forget this whole thing ever happened. The Sea King will never know. You won't tell him. I won't tell him. I will stay in one piece. I don't know when. I don't know how. But I know something's starting right now. Watch and you'll see. Someday I'll be part of your Oh, no, 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 I can't stand it. It's too easy. The child is in love with a human, and not just any human, a prince. <laughs> Her daddy will love this. King Triton's headstrong lovesick girl would make a charming addition to my little garden. <laughs> Way to go. Can we thank Arnold Dev? Wow. Our score person. He didn't rehearse like that. <laughs> I didn't rehearse at all. I just, that was I just, good. I just know the movie. Hano. That was my favorite movie ever. <laughs> yeah, kind of obvious was your favorite. You're like in the zone. Okay. But anyway, so that was us connecting with the movie. Because in your scene, she was trying to connect with the soldiers. Yes. Mine, Ariel wanted to connect with Prince Eric, of course. Wait, are we going to vote? We don't oh, have to vote. Oh, that's right. Okay. I don't think we have to. How many <laughs> of you think Kat won? <laughs> hey, wait, maybe I get a chance. How many of you think Pastor Sheldon won? 
Well, it's obvious to me that you won, so you no, get to give the message. No, that's not obvious. <laughs> that's kind of like a tie. That's okay. You know why? Because they're full of grace, these people. I love you guys. Thank you. Can, can we do a tiebreaker? No. No? Do we have time? No, we don't no? have time. We don't shucks. <laughs> okay, let's not do a tiebreaker. No, I heard then. no. Let's, let's not do a tiebreaker. But um, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Okay, thank you very much. Okay. So we're trying to connect because we're doing our series when people connect. And today to conclude our series, we have Pastor Sheldon with Connecting with the Right People. Please yes, give it up for Pastor yes. Sheldon Luxina. I, I, I think you did win. We should have had like a... A meter thing. But, uh, you know, when we're thinking about today, it really comes down to connecting with the right people. Because if you think about it, everyone that is a part of our life will come and go in seasons. There are some people that will be in your life and they'll be there for a short season. Some people will be there for a longer season. But when it comes to the right people, you want the right people in your life for the long season. And even though they may be there for a short season, that's not a bad thing too. But when we talk about connecting with the right people, there's going to be people who are for you, and then there's going to be people who are just with you. You know, they, they hang around and they're not, they're not really close to you or they're not in your, what we call the inner circle. And they're not as close to you as other people. And that's okay. We will all have people like that. So you can take out your notes, and if you've been noticing, our notes are a little different also. And the reason why we're having our notes like this is to give us a little bit more of a challenge of hearing the Lord uh, in writing down certain things, or if, you don't, if you're not a writer and you can you know, remember things well, then we have the scriptures there for you so that you can refer back to what we talked about today. Especially for those of you who this might be your first time and you don't have a Bible or you didn't bring your Bible, it'll help you to follow along. And the neat thing about what we're doing today is that many of us know this, but it's hard for us to apply it. Have you ever connected with the wrong person via text? Just yesterday, I'm texting with someone and we're going to a wedding and uh, I, I think... Uh, they connected with the wrong person because this is how the text sounded like. So I texted them, said, hey, let me know when the wedding is about to start. And they texted me back. I think we're about to start. So I said, okay, hopefully we get there while it's still happening and we're not too late. And then they texted back, oh, you should be able to make it. By the way, lashes are still in the room next door. I'm like, lashes? I'm like, whoosh. Like, 30 lashes? What are you talking about? So, so then it dawned on me, it's the wrong person. They're talking about eyelashes. So I put, I'm not using my lashes today. And then they texted me, ha, 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 sorry, wrong person. So sometimes you'll get a, uh, a wrong text message. <laughs> so I don't use lashes. It was just a joke that I was saying to her. So just in case some of you say, I'm not coming back to this church. So look in your notes in Matthew chapter 10. And we're going to learn from Jesus that he connected with the right people. Even Jesus had to deal with this. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus calls his 12 disciples together, and then he gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. Now, here are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, also called Peter, and then Andrew, Peter's brother, James, son of Zebedee, John, James's brother, Oh, excuse me, where am I? John, James's brother. Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. Now, even though Jesus had the 12, he had three that were a part of his inner circle. Uh, in the book of Matthew, I'm going to read Matthew chapter 16. And this story is so interesting because this is when Jesus... It's called the Mount of Transfiguration. This is when Jesus was transfigured. And in Matthew chapter 16, verse 28, it says, Assuredly, I say to you, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. So now chapter 17 in the book of Matthew, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. 
His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright light, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, and do not be afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. When Jesus was transfigured, he only had three that were with him. Peter, James, and John. Peter was the one that Jesus, remember uh, he, he told Peter that uh, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. And, and Peter said, I'm not going to do that. But he did. But then after Jesus kind of restored him and said, Peter, do you love me? Remember, he asked him three times, Peter, do you love me? And then that was Peter, that Jesus challenged him, Peter, do you love me more than these James was one of the first of the 12 apostles, the 12 disciples, to be martyred because of his belief in Jesus Christ. And then James, James, who is, uh, excuse me, John, who is called the Beloved, the only disciple who was at the cross of Christ. He was the only one who was there. He was the one that Jesus said to John, Behold your mother, Mary, and then Mary, behold your son, so you could see that these three men were so close to Jesus that Jesus gave them some strong instruction and great encouragement because they were just that close. John later, as he's writing the book of John, he writes this in first, uh, John chapter 1, verse 14. He says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, Jesus models for us why it's important to connect with the right people. And when John writes this, just this part of Scripture in his book, John saw firsthand the glory of God while Jesus was transfigured. John got to see that. He was that close to Christ. And Christ allowed those three men to see all of his glory in the book of John, chapter 13, John talks about Jesus, uh, Jesus washing the disciples' feet and then uh, breaking bread together. And then that's when Jesus says, one of you will betray me. John, chapter 13, verses 30 and 31, as soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out. That was the sign. That was the signal. That was the, the word that Jesus gave that whoever dips the bread with me will be my betrayer. And then he went out. Judas went out. And it was night. But listen, when he was gone, Jesus said, now the Son of Man is glorified and God is glorified in him. Now, it can almost seem like, okay, that's a, that's a great scripture to read. Something happened. Judas left. And, and now Jesus says, the Son of Man is glorified and, and God is glorified in him. It can almost sound super religious, but it's really basically Jesus letting the disciples know that when there's a betrayer around you and they're nearby, it's hard to glorify God to its fullest because they're always pulling you down. They're always distracting you. They're always taking away from you rather than adding to your life. And so Jesus is modeling to us how to connect with the right people. He loved Judas. And he even let Judas know there's something happening in your heart. You got to correct that. But Judas decided to do what he did and betray Jesus Christ. And, and when these types of people are no longer in your life, only then can God be glorified. And that's what Jesus was saying. There's going to be people who want the best for you, and then there's going to be people who want the best of you for them. And here's the difference. The people who want the best for you, they're going to pray for you. They're going to speak life into you. They're going to build you up. They're going to support you. They're going to... They're 
look for the good things that are happening in your life, not the flaws. They're not going to point out your mistakes. They're going to help you and, and may challenge you to grow with no agenda. Now, the people who want the best of you, they'll do the very same thing, but they have an agenda that fits them. That they're going to use you, they're going to build you up so that they can get something from you. And you got to discern that. So Jesus says you got to be careful of who you hang around with, the people you surround yourself with, because the difficult thing is going to be, a, is going to be you discerning which people are which. And that's not an easy thing to do because we're not a judge of heart. We can't judge the heart. It's hard to do that. But Jesus can. There's going to be people who are for you and, and people who are just with you. <clears throat> and, that, and, and many times you, you exert a lot of energy and resources on people that are with you rather than those who are for you. So by the time you get to the people who are really for you, you don't have that much energy you don't have a lot to give because you've been drained from the people who are just with you. And they, they just take from you. And, and you've got to think of it this way. Not everyone will be with you and go with you where God is leading you. It's just that simple. I lost many friends that I thought were my friends the more I pursued God and God's very best. But in time, I got to see who my true friends were. Because your true friends will want the very best for you. Not for you with an agenda. They want the best for you. Now, the reality, and, and Jesus modeled this very well. I mean, I think we all can agree, Jesus was probably the most compassionate person that you and I will ever know. And as a believer, and even as a non-believer, if you were to study the life of Jesus Christ, he was the most compassionate person that ever walked this earth. He was that compassionate. So if there's anyone we can model, it's Jesus Christ. And even Jesus loved people from a distance. There were just some people that he couldn't have close to him, but he still loved them, but from a distance. He still could love them. There are going to be people in your lives that you're just going to have to be okay with loving them from a distance. And that's fine. Not everyone will understand why you do what you do for Christ, for your family, and for your children. They're not going to understand. When you get married, your friends aren't going to understand what it means to be a husband who loves his wife just as Christ loved the church. So they're going to call you all kinds of names and they're going to say, oh, come we don't hang around anymore. Oh, now you got married, huh? Now you got married. Yeah. The two become one, not the two become one plus your friend plus brother plus sister. It's not like that. It's the two become one. So things change. I remember a while back, uh, you know, we, we, we deal with a lot of families uh, that go through a lot. And in this one particular case, uh, one of their uh, children passed away. And it was a horrible passing. It was a suicide. And... Uh, you know, the family came to me and we we're doing counseling. Uh, the, the person who committed suicide, their significant other, came for counseling. And, and so as we're going through that, the family uh, came to me and they said, you know, so what did, the, uh, what did my child's significant other talk to you about? And I said, you know, I, I, I can't share that. And they said, we need to know because we want to know why this happened. Why did my child commit suicide. And the problem with that is you, you can't share. And in this particular case, that significant other was, was saying things about that, uh, their significant other's family, that that's the reason why. And there's no way that I was going to share that with that family and say, well, here's the reason why, because it, nobody knows the reason why. But I just couldn't share. And that family, uh, uh, we just didn't talk anymore. And, and, and we did the best to keep the relationship good. But I had to come to grips that they just may be a family that I love from a distance. Because I didn't share with them. So they felt I was withholding information. And I thought, you just don't understand 
you just don't understand. See, I think it's, for some of us, it's, it's less painful for us to keep that burden and then give it over to the Lord rather than for us to give it to someone who is going to die with that information. And there are some things as believers we give to the Lord so that he can do a mighty work. And then maybe one day people will understand. But until then, you got to be okay with loving people from a distance. People are not going to understand every decision that you make. But you make the best decision with receiving the best wisdom from God. And then you go from there. Jesus had to deal with this. Many people will leave your life. Many people will leave your jobs and, and you still love them from a distance. John 13, through 36. It says, dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. Just, this is Jesus speaking. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I am going. This is Jesus saying this. You can't come where I am going. So now I am giving you a new commandment. So he's saying, okay, not everyone will go with you where you're going to go. Not everyone will go with you where God is leading you. But he says this. But here's the commandment. Because not everyone can go where you're going to go and where I'm leading you. He says, love each other just as I loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And so Simon Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, you can't go with me now but you will follow me later. Not only did Jesus say, not, not everyone will be able to go with you where you're going to go and where I'm going to lead you, but there's hope for the future. So let's just say a relationship goes bad. It doesn't stay that way because of love. You still love one another, and there's hope for the future. Maybe people need a break. Maybe someone needs time away. There's, there, you just keep loving them from a distance. And then you watch what God does. As, as we do counseling here, a, a husband and wife came to me and they, they had a letter written out and they said, uh, you know, here's some things that so-and-so did and we want to write a letter and so that you guys can keep it on file, give it to the elders. And, and so I, I read the letter and I, I said, let me, let me look into this first. So I kind of looked into it and I, I thought, well, something's just not right. And so as we continued to do counseling, I said, you know, why don't you hang on to that letter because let's kind of pray through this and see where everything is. And, but they wanted to pursue it. And what I found out is they just basically wanted to take this person down. And once I discerned that spirit, I said, okay, we're not going to go that route because it, it's going to ruin you and your family. I mean, if you go this road, it's just going to, it's not going to end well. I've seen this happen before. And they said, no, we want to do this. And I said, I, I'm speaking out of my heart. I'm asking you to take your time on this because my concern is your marriage and your family, not the actual issue at hand because I could oversee everything. I could see what was happening because I'm, I'm counseling all over with everyone. And, and so by the time they said, no, we want to do this, I thought, okay, then that's your decision. And that was years ago. Today, they are no longer married. And I thought, what are we pursuing today? What, what are we trying to do? Because when you connect with the right people, then you're going to have to decide to disconnect with the wrong people. Now, that, that couple that no, no longer married, I had to love them from a distance. There was still love there. There was still relationship, but it was from a distance. And you got to be okay with that. you got to be okay with loving people from a distance. And you got to be okay too when people love you from a distance. See, even as a believer, even as Christians, you're going to have that. You're going to have that complexity of loving one another from a distance. You, we're just going to have to deal with that in this world today. Because if there's love there and it's from a distance... And the world sees that, wait, they still love one another. That's what Jesus was talking about. He didn't say by this, all men will know that you're my disciples if you hang around each other. Even people who hate one another hang around each other. But he said, they'll know you're my disciples if you love one another. Love has no boundaries. 
You can still love people from a distance. And it is the most challenging thing that we're going to be doing probably as a Christian. But if you think about it, what Jesus came to bring was hope for us. That he said, there's a destiny for you. There's a, there's, a, there's a life up ahead. There's a plan that I have for you. And where I'm taking you, not all people will go with you. Where I'm leading you, not everyone can go. When one of the leaders of the synagogue, Jairus, begged Jesus to heal his dying daughter, Jesus went at once but got interrupted along the way by another person needing healing. And while attending to this woman's healing from a blood flow that she had for 12 years, while this was taking place, someone runs from Jairus' house and says, go tell the teacher not to come, tell Jesus not to come, don't bother him because the child is already dead. But Jesus still went. Now, when Jesus gets there, he says this in Mark 5, 37. He allowed no one to accompany him. No one to accompany him. Except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. Now, why wouldn't Jesus bring everybody in? I mean, this is a miracle that's about to take place. Why didn't he bring all the disciples, all the people, and say, watch this, watch the glory of God, watch what's going to happen? Why didn't he do that? See, I think it's critical that we understand why Jesus chose his three innermost circle. Because that inner circle that you have are going to be the people that will cheer you on, not bring any negative your way, so that miracles can take place. And when Jesus brought in just Peter, James, and John, he wanted the right people that were not going to doubt his faith, that were not going to say, I don't think this is going to happen, that they, didn't, they weren't the people that were going to say to Jesus, I don't think you can do this. You're not the person. He brought the right people. And when the right people are around you, miracles happen. And when Jesus spoke life into this girl, she awoke and she was healed. You see how important it is to surround yourself with the right people? People who are for you, not just people who are with you. Well, you might be thinking, well, so how do I go about this? Because what if I hurt people's feelings? I mean, do I tell them, hey, I've got to love you from a distance, sorry. Huh? What do I say? How do, how do I do that? I mean, how do I even implement these things? What if they keep inviting me to stuff and inviting me and inviting me? How, how do I do this? Well, when you know the right people you're supposed to surround yourself with, then those things will slowly take care of itself because you'll be able to hear the right voice from God. You won't have to manipulate people. You don't have to lie to people. You don't have to try to uh, con people and, and make up stuff. Oh, I cannot make it out of this or that. You don't have to do that because you're with the right people. And when you're with the right people, then they're going to help you to progress and to get better and better and better. Think about it this way. You may be battling with, what if I hurt their feelings? Here's another thought. What if they hurt your calling? What if they hurt who you're created to be? What if they hurt the path that God has for you? What if they hurt your family, the people who are close to you? I mean, you're, you're, not, you're not purposefully uh, distancing yourself from people for the sake of you don't like them. You're purposefully surrounding yourself with the right people. The result is you're going to distance yourself from the wrong people. How often I'll hear about people who they get their life together, they, they come to Jesus, they, 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 they're excited about their new life, but they still hang around their old crowd thinking they're going to witness to them. And some can, but some can't. And so then they fall away, and then, you know, months later I'm like, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Hey, how, how are you doing with your drinking and your drugs and, and you know, you're in, uh, with your, your family and, you know, your family is breaking down. Oh, we're doing okay, you know. Things got rough again. Well, what happened? I don't know, this, this, and this. And, and the more we talk, the more I find out, wait a minute, you changed on the inside. But you didn't change your environment on the outside. You still hung around the same people, did the same things, thinking you were strong enough to deal with your exterior and your surroundings. 
And what I find that is common is we think that what God did in us, he's going to do the very same thing in someone else in the same amount of time. And that's not entirely accurate because God is doing something in their life. Now, if that person is at a place where they can speak into other people's lives, then that's great. doesn't mean you have to do the same things together. Because if you, if you, let's just say, I'll just use chocolate as, as our, like our, 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 our common ground. Let's just say we're all addicted to chocolate. Some of you, that's actually a reality. Right now you're like, oh, chocolate. My goodness. Just one, just one. Just one. So if you're addicted to chocolate, and then somehow we're free from chocolate, would you go hang around with Charlie in the chocolate factory? Most likely you wouldn't. You would go crazy in the chocolate factory. So instead of hanging around at the chocolate factory, you just keep that love from a distance. You love that person from a distance. You love them that much to let them know, not I want to fall for that, but I have a brand new life that I want to model for you. And it may take some distancing. Yeah, but what about reaching the lost one relationship at a time? The Bible tells us the blind cannot lead the blind. A lost person cannot lead a lost person. So if I'm still lost, I can't go reach a lost person to be found. You can find lost people if you're lost, but you ain't going nowhere because you don't know where to go. So the Lord says, for those of you who are mature, you go help those who are still yet being matured. You help those who are less strengthened or, less, or those who are weaker, as the Bible says. You go help those. But it doesn't mean you have to do what you used to do. It's a tough thing to do. It's a tough decision to make. But I tell you, through this series, when you can find that area in your life where you start connecting with the right people, then God will show you that there is a path for you. There are changes that you're going to be making and some of you, you're saying, but I, what if I distance myself from people? I'm going to be lonely. What if I don't have friends? No. God will give you more friends. He'll give you, and I, I, I'm using this word better cautiously because it's not who's better than the other, but God will give you, it, it, uh, he'll give you friends that are more for you. And the, the only word I can think of is better. He'll give you better friends, but not in the way of judging one another. He'll just give you better friends, better people to hang around with that are for you, that are for your spiritual growth, for those that love you and will love you into the future of who God made you to be. And for some of us, we got to make those decisions because God will never ask us to give up something until he's already prepared something better for you. And in the process of all of this, God's going to provide people who will make you better, not bitter. Because you're going to be around people who are for you and not against you. God will give you better friends where you can be you and not feel like you have to put on an act or feel like you're always on eggshells around them. That you can be you. And they're not going to judge you for who you are, but they're going to love you towards Christ. Because for many of us, we still have a lot of junk with us. But there are going to be people who come into your life and they're going to say, you know what? I see the best for you and I want to help you in that direction. And then there are going to be people who are, I, I just call them treadmill people. Treadmill people are people who, who just drain the energy out of you. And then when you're done and they're done, they move on. But you have gone nowhere. You've just been running in place, draining energy, and then you get off that treadmill and then you're like drained and other people are fine. Did you know that for some people, when they first come in contact with you and you are always there for them, they will leech on to you because they need that. In that season of their life, they need that. And you're helping them and, and, and God is all for helping people. But you must discern that season when you trying to help them becomes now you hindering them. Because for some people, the best help you can give is not helping them. 
It's the best thing that you can do. It's the best thing you can do for your life and for your family is not helping them. Now, again, we're all for helping people. There's no doubt about that. But you've got to discern when you, you're hindering them more than helping them. My son, my son, my oldest son is 26 years old. My youngest son is uh, 20. And I have, you know, three grandchildren. One is four, one is two, and one is 10 months. The 10-month-old I feed with a spoon. The two-year-old and the four-year-old, I make their plate and they eat by themselves. My 26-year-old lives on his own. My 20-year-old is in college. I don't do the same things for all of them. Now, imagine if I were to spoon-feed my 26-year-old. I know my family can imagine that. That would be hilarious. I should try that one day. But I don't do that because they, they, they are grown up. They're matured. They're able to feed themselves. I would have hindered them if I continued to spoon feed them all their life. Some of us are still spoon feeding people when they can take care of themselves. What that also does and what I found valuable is when we're trying to help people when we're actually hindering them, I found this in my life, that I was getting in the way of God doing a miracle in their life because they were not calling out to God, they were calling out to me. And I thought, wow, I feel important now because these people need me. No, they need Jesus. They need to cry out to the Lord. Most of us came to know Jesus at our very worst. And for some of us, we're hindering people who have junk to bring to the Lord. Think about it. If we can't help them and we're trying to, if we, and they're calling out to us and we're trying to help them but they're not getting any better, how much more can we give? They need the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15, it says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And I, I put three different versions because uh, I wanted us to key in on certain words. And then the new, that was a new international version. New American Standard Bible says, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. And then do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. So what the Bible is saying is bad company corrupts good character, good morals, and good habits. Some of us will never reach our full potential because we still keep bad company in our inner circle. And then the flip side to that is, are, are you in the company of the Spirit? And of spirit-filled people, the Spirit of the Lord. See, when you decide to get the wrong people out of your life, God will begin to bring in the right people. It's okay to be like Jesus, to be a friend of sinners. But remember, they labeled that to Jesus. It was the religious leaders. They didn't know how to label Jesus. They said, something's wrong with him. He says he loves God, he loves people, but, but why is he hanging around with? And they, they didn't know what to say. But the only label they could give him was, he is, he is a... He's a friend of sinners. That was the religious leaders. He's a friend of sinners. They labeled him that as a result of Christ's heart for them. Not because he hung around with them and partied with them. Because some of us think, well, if I hang around sinners or I can still hang around and do the same things I used to because Jesus did. No, they labeled him that because he had a purpose for what he was doing. Some of us, our purpose is to blend in. But Jesus was there to reach them. And I'm sure some of us, we still do that so that we can reach out to our family and friends, but they labeled him that because he had that purpose. And Jesus teaches and models for us to let us know that it's a difficult thing, but it must be done. Your time and your life is too valuable to have people in your inner circle that are not 100% for you. It's just too valuable. Are you spending time with the people who make you bitter and not better? Are you spending the majority of your time with people who are making you better and not better? When certain people move on from your life and, and even from your, that inner circle, you're going to see your life take on a different 
a different road. It, it, there's going to be a major difference. You're going to feel a weight that is lifted. And when the wrong people are no longer in your inner circle dragging you down, then you excel more. You excel more in life. You're more creative in your thinking. You're able to do better with your family. And you can accomplish more and grow more in the Lord. Proverbs 17, 17 tells us that a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. In other words, a friend will always love you. But a, a, a brother or sister will be there for you at your worst times. They're going to be there at your very worst. Here's our part, Romans 12, 18. It says, if possible, if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. There's a responsibility that we take on. And if you don't make a change in connecting with the right people, then they will keep you from becoming the best that God created you to be and making the best changes in your life. You disconnect with the, with the people who are wrong for your life. And God will connect you with the people who are right for your life. And as we pray today, it's a, we're going to have to sift through this because it's a challenge for all of us. But God will show us. He'll show up and he'll speak to us. Let's bow our heads for a moment. Lord, it's a, it's a challenging conclusion to our series. And when people connect, because it can almost seem contradictive to what you're asking us to do. When you said to, to love you and love others as, as we love ourselves, then how do, we, how do we still love people when they're, when they're pulling us down, dragging us down? What about the people that are closest to us in our own family? How do we deal with that? Because we can't love our family members from a distance. How, how do we do that, Lord? So we ask for wisdom. We ask that you would speak to us in how we can resolve these matters. Because really, your way is the best way. I pray for all of us that today we will be able to make the tough decisions so that we can become the people you made us to be. And it's true what your word says. You have a plan for us. They're for good and not for evil. It's to give us a future and a hope. Even you, Jesus, Love people from a distance, but you had people who were so close to you that they were for you, not just with you. And if there's anyone who could model love, it is you. For you're the one that died for us. You died for everyone, even the people that betrayed you, even the people that don't believe in you. You still died for them. So Lord, help us to model that very well. We pray this in Jesus' name, and we all said, amen.